Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to these Go to 11. Once again, I'm Nathan Bell. Greg Dutch, you're sitting across from me. Greg, how you doing today? Doing really good tonight, man. Feeling good. Spring's almost here. Well, no, spring is here, isn't spring it? Spring is here. Yes, yeah, Sunday. You know, dude, I missed Free Rita's. I missed it. You did? That was yesterday, wasn't it? Dude, yeah. Free Rita's. Did you get it? Yeah, Joy and I went out and got it. Oh. We, uh, we were going to hit up two of them, but it was... Kind of a little chilly out, so we were like, um, how about we just go home? Yeah. And, <laughs> hey, just for our listening audience, the question is the ethics of that. One, we don't care. Number two. Um, <laughs> ethics? I, yeah, I was going to say, is there any – do they say you can only go to one Rita's? No. I mean, that's not you know, something they're asking of the general yeah, public. no. Dude, I can't believe I missed it. I know. Joy got a uh, chocolate – Ice, whatever it is, and I got a mango one. Yeah, so let me ask, is it just the icy? I mean, they probably don't give you the deluxe stuff. No, no, it's okay. just the icy. You can add the deluxe stuff for an additional fee. Yeah. So you can do that to the sample one they give you, but yeah, so it, it's just it, the icy. Oh, man, Rita's. That sounds so good. I know where I'm going as soon as this podcast is done. <laughs> Thanks for putting it in my mind, Nathan. But even more excited Anything. about our guest. <laughs> yeah. More pumped um, about that. Really excited about this. This is um, someone who uh, we were connected with. With Tracy Smith, who was on the podcast um, back with the Pastor's Wives. She was on the podcast with Steve Altrogi when yep. talked about Stephen King. Stephen King. And so, you know, she's no stranger to the podcast. Um, but uh, Faraz Amir is joining us today. Um, Faraz, how are you doing today? I'm doing great. Thank you guys for having me. Absolutely. Yeah. Such a pleasure. Um, tell us a little bit about yourself, Faraz. Um, first of all, you know, kind of tell us a little bit about the connection you have with Tracy and, you know, so people understand how we got connected and then just give us a little bio about yourself yeah so um as far as tracy i uh, actually started i met her when i was working as an art director for um the owl magazine at harford community college um she would always swing by and sort of help out with uh different articles and everything and i mean she's just very nice um and she was always very helpful and then i had a class with her uh the previous semester at towson university and then she told me about you guys and she really got me into podcasts in general, yeah. which I've been listening to a lot on my commutes to Towson. So um, I'm really excited to be on a podcast because I've been listening to them so much. So, um, yeah. And then about myself, I'm uh, like I said, I'm a student at Towson University. Mm -hmm. um, I'm not very like much of a schooly person. I'm majoring in uh, mass communications and minoring in EMF, electronic media and film. Um, but my real passion is like. Uh, in art so mm. i d create my own music yeah. i do a lot of videos um just art in general drawing painting photography i'm into all of that a lot um i think it's super important and culture um so i'm pakistani uh and i really really value culture not only mine but like around the world mm -hmm. and i think that's just so important to embed art and culture to sort of you know uh let people really express themselves mm -hmm. and when I can go and travel to different countries and cities, um, that's what I really use to, um, you know, say in my music and let my music influence is like the culture that is around us. And, you know, the world is just so big. I just want to uh, let people know what's out there. Wow. Yeah. That's, that's so awesome. cool. That's <laughs> awesome. so cool. And you were, um, you were telling us offline, how many languages do you speak? So um, I speak about four of them, yeah. um, including English. Um, so I know Urdu, Punjabi, and a little bit of Hindi, um, and then English, of course. And uh, I can read and uh, recite Arabic since it's written in the Quran. So we have to know a lot of them. Um, that's how we greet each other and pray for each other and everything. So 
Um, you have to kind of know those different languages when you're in a much smaller country like Pakistan com- mm-hmm. compared to the United States. Yeah. Um, when you're surrounded by other countries which have, you know, other languages. Right. Yeah. Right. Wow. Greg, you know English and uh, Pig Latin? A little bit of Pig Latin. <laughs> Ixnay on the Yigpay Atlay. So I, it's been a little while since I busted that out. But I can. And we were talking offline. A little bit of Klingon. That's right. A little yeah. bit of Klingon. Romulan, I'm a little weak on. Uh, wait, is, is that right, dude? Romulan? Yeah. Romulan's thought, a language. That's like a, a cup of noodles or something like that. Or ramen. That's, that's right. Ramen noodles, yeah. I got a little sidetracked there thinking of Towson. We were talking before we did this tonight. Mm-hmm. Faraz was born in 1995. This dude is 20. And as we're talking, I realized, yeah, I went to Towson too, and I was going to compare stories, and I realized I graduated three <laughs> years before Faraz was born. But Tracy, so did you. So I know she's <laughs> oh, listening shots. again. See, a little shout out. Firing she shots. That. Yeah, she can, she can, uh, she can take it. And, and you haven't met Tracy's husband, Matt. Not officially. I've that, heard a lot about him. Yeah, I just keep it that him, way. <laughs> I would keep it right there, and uh, you've you've got the best part of the couple, and I would just stay right there and roll. Uh, Matt, we love you. We 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 only yeah, have been that. But Matt would totally agree with that yeah, too. I was say, he's not even going to take issue with it. So uh, that is uh, that is good. So I, I have to say, for us, that do you? Um, I mean, obviously, your primary language here that you're using all the time is English. Yeah. Like, um, do you try to keep yourself fluent in the other languages you know as well? Do you have opportunity to do that? Or is it just, it's in your head and it's there for life? Well, um, my mom always likes to speak Urdu with us just so mm-hmm. it's, uh, you know, always in our heads. And we try to speak it back. Um, it's always fun when you're uh, outside with friends that are also Pakistani or something. And then you start speaking in Urdu. Just to yeah. just to keep at your own level. I'm sure you guys get annoyed by things like that when you hear people speaking in other languages and you don't know what they're saying. But <laughs> it's it's kind of fun. Yeah. Um, but then Arabic uh, is always recited just because this uh, that's in our prayers and sure. uh, we're always reading Quran and everything. Um, and then the characters are very similar when they're written out. Yes. Um, if you've ever seen Urdu or Arabic, they're not like English characters at all. Um, mm-hmm. They're written in a certain script, so. They'll be similar. So like you can you can if you can read Arabic, you'll be able to comprehend what is written in Urdu. Oh, okay. Wow. Unless you're Arab, then you probably have no idea what it says because you won't speak Urdu. Wow. Uh, yeah. There's there's just a certain way that all of that works. It's very mm. complicated, but you know. Interesting. That is, that's cool. Yeah. Yeah, I'm feeling increasingly dumb, Nathan, as we keep talking. So <laughs> Yeah, change the subject here, dude. <laughs> Talk about something I don't feel quite as uh Actually, we do have something you won't feel quite as stupid about. Um, For us, you have been uh, somewhat loosely involved with um, what's been going on with some of the events of Serial and um, Adnan. So why don't you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, so um, I started listening to the Serial podcast last year. Um, Before I heard the podcast, in our community or like um, the Muslim community, Mm -hmm. it was always sort of like a myth of like the whole Adnan Sayed story really? and like, you know, we always heard it from like our parents that like this thing happened a while ago, but we never really knew that it like, you know, it actually existed. Yeah. Um, so I remember my mom saying something about it and then I started listening to the podcast because I saw it was very popular mm-hmm. and Tracy told me about it. So I was like, okay, I'll start listening to it. And I started linking it up. I'm like, oh my God, this is the same guy that 
has been sort of in the talk of the community for right. all this time. Wow. And so, um, yeah, I was extremely interested because it, it it's in the Baltimore area and then it has to do with this Muslim kid who's also Pakistani. Um, so it's very relatable as far as um, what he sort of, uh, you know, does on a normal uh, daily basis and uh, relating him as a normal kid, like playing sports and, yeah. you know, with his faith and going to the mosque and everything. So um, as far as, Myself, like I was, it was kind of scary listening to it, and it was also um, really impactful just hearing his story. But um, so recently, I was writing for the Baltimore Watchdog, which is um, a newspaper at Towson University, mm-hmm. um, which I write for in one of my classes. And I saw that the uh, the uh, hearing was going on for the trial um, right after I had finished listening to the whole thing, and. I asked my professor if I could go and cover that, and he said okay. And I was able to get a um, a pass to sit in the media section oh, wow. and actually wow. watch it uh, unfold. Yeah. And just seeing Adnan like there in real life after listening to his story for months was super cool. I met Sarah Koenig there. Wow, um, she was sitting in the media section as well, but she wasn't allowed to talk about anything because okay. she had to, of course, do her own podcast. Yeah, um, but yeah, it was a really cool experience just seeing the whole thing. I'd never been to even inside like a courtroom officially. Um, So just seeing the whole process and the uh, two teams, the defense and uh, the prosecution Mm -hmm. just, you know, go at each other. It was really cool to see that. Wow. Wow. And um, uh, Rabia, was she there? Rabia, uh, she was there the first day and the last day because she got uh, sequestered. Okay. um, Because the prosecutor said that she was like a distraction or something. Yeah. Um, And she said that she would have gotten very emotional had she have stayed. So she sat outside in Dunkin' Donuts, uh, wow. you know, doing, continuing her podcast from there. Wow. So, yeah. How wild. Um, <laughs> I have to ask you, and, and the girl's name escapes me because Serial, um, yeah, as we've mentioned in the past, Nathan, had an impact on us. Mm-hmm. We, we, you know, this was going to right. be a blog um, and it uh, evolved into a podcast, right. which we're much happier with because it's much easier for me to run my mouth than to take the discipline <laughs> to write and right. be ordered and disciplined and um, uh, all that so I listened to it same probably probably about the same time as you the, the key witness uh, or who, who could have been a key witness right that this whole appeal is based on I believe is the one that says she saw him at the library that day is that right yeah um, Asia McLean Asia thank you yeah thank you. Yes. she so, was at the uh, hearing as well and everybody just loved her like wow they just thought that she was the perfect witness and this uh, expert attorney actually came in afterwards and he was um, testifying and he said that that was a huge slip up on um, the defense's part. Yeah. Who um, He said they just messed up and she was everything that they needed and she would have been enough. And it was wow. just when we like when we all heard that everybody sitting there and listening to it, we kind of all just like our jaws dropped and we were like did this guy just say that? And he was like a super classified expert attorney. He's been a prosecutor for the state. Wow. He's worked in huge cases. So it was, it was a big deal that he said that. Interesting. Yeah. Wow. Interesting. And and that obviously is still somewhat ongoing in terms of what, what the next phase will be right. um, uh, in that. So, so how long were you down there? Was that just a day or two? Was it? Um, it went on for four days, I think. Yeah. It was, um, and it was when like there was a lot of snow going on. So right. um, school was kind of questionable anyways. I would just, uh, drop by there and then if I had class later half the time I was checking my phone and it'd be canceled so I was so glad I was yeah. able to stay there for like a few of the days at least 
Wow. Yeah. So, so you actually heard Asia McLean testify? Um, I wasn't there for Asia. Okay. I was there for everybody else. Gotcha. Um, yeah, I had class during that time, but I heard she was really, really good. Interesting. Yeah, because yeah. that just for those, I mean, I'm sure a bunch of our listeners have you know heard Serial. Those who haven't, I mean, uh, you know, it's one of those must listens to if you're a podcast person because mm-hmm. it's uh, the story is riveting. It mm-hmm. is local. Interestingly enough, I. Um, have a small piece of it, uh, much less dramatic than yours for us. I uh, was living 10 to 15 minutes from that area in 1999. Uh, mm-hmm. When when I graduated seminary, Lisa and I lived in Catonsville, Maryland, basically, Arbutus, Maryland, mm-hmm. um, for, let's see, 97 to 2003. So I bought my first Dell laptop um, at the security Best Buy, which obviously features prominently um, mm-hmm. in serial. Was yeah. there a payphone there or not? All those kinds of questions, which I don't remember. I just uh, went there with a church trustee, bought a laptop, <laughs> and it was a Dell that was about eight inches thick, um, you know, back then. Yeah. And uh, so it was so weird to, for me to listen to that and know that area a little bit with Woodlawn, I, the uh, library, mm-hmm. the Best Buy. It was like, wow, that is, yeah. it's just, uh, if, if you're local, it's riveting. I mean, if you are if you know nothing about it, it, uh, it still is. So very cool. Is is that something that you want to do uh, potentially for life? Would you like reporting journalism of some sort, even if it's casual blogging or something, to be a part of what you do? Um, journalism is something that I am studying and I've gotten better at. Um, but as far as news stories, I'm not a fan of that. I would rather do like entertainment journalism. Yeah. So like sort of like what BuzzFeed does. Mm-hmm. Um, I've worked at uh, Voice of America as an intern, oh, okay. um, a, pro- a production intern. Um, and that was kind of like it – was, it was easy for me because I, I've done video editing and audio editing and all that kind of stuff and camera work um, and production myself way before I even went to school for it. So um, I kind of already knew what the gist of it was yeah. and it wasn't like I was learning a lot there. It was like I kind of just had to memorize this formula of the way that they did their videos and just sort of, you know, get to producing um, and editing the same style of video. And it's, I mean, it's a cool job to have if I was doing something else on the side, but I wouldn't really want it to take up too much of my time that Mm -hmm. way. I'd rather be doing something that I'm really passionate about and I can use a lot more creativity for because creativity is something that is, you know, such a huge key for me. Yeah. So I, I really would want that as opposed to the whole like news journalism side. Gotcha. Yeah. yeah. That's awesome. So cool. And, um, you had mentioned, um, we're going to kind of shift gears slightly here. Um, you mentioned that you are a Muslim. Yes. Um, can you talk to us a little bit about the difference in the terminology, um, between when you would say someone's a Muslim and using the term Islamic or mm-hmm. Islam? Could you talk to us a little bit about that just so we can start off and just get terminology yeah. Straight. So Islam is the actual religion, okay. and then the followers would be called the Muslims. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it's it's an Abrahamic religion, meaning that it's very similar uh, in the book and the practices with Christianity and Judaism, and um, derives from the same area around uh, Jerusalem. Um, and yeah, I mean, there's uh, yeah. almost two two billion Muslims around the world. Mm-hmm. Now in uh, Islam. Uh, Correct me if I'm wrong, but um, the first five books of um, the Bible, are those included in the Quran? Um, the 
or are they at least acknowledged as part of canon? So yes, to speak? they both religions are acknowledged, um, uh, but Islam is, um, as I've heard, a lot closer to Christianity than Christianity and Judaism are close to each other. So, to answer your question, I guess um, it is very similar. Mm-hmm. In the books, um, we at my mosque we do read uh, the Bible mm-hmm. and compare it, and um, just sort of go through the uh, similarities between them. So I hear a lot of the Bible um, similarities when I'm reading the Quran as well. Yeah, yeah, interesting. We um, we're talking about this offline. I don't want the audience to think we're just springing this on you for us because it would be sort of like, well, that's kind of out yeah. of uh, left field. I mean, w- our main goal today. Um, one, just to have a, a young, bright, creative guy like you on is awesome since Nathan and I are getting old. Thank you. Uh, yeah, no, it is. It is. You know, I mean, Nathan's 34, so he's he's holding on to some vestige of youth. <laughs> Mine is like sands through the hourglass. It's long gone. But um, the, uh, you know, uh, you know, we'd love to have you back. We, we you know, we want to do that. Nathan and I were talking tonight at dinner uh, from uh, folks from very different uh, faith backgrounds, mm-hmm. I think, would be a really cool aspect of yep. our podcast because we we sort of have a no holds barred talk about anything, yeah, culture, yeah. sports, movies, theology, everything uh, under the sun. Um, so the main goal tonight is to really get to know you, yeah. Ross, and and where you're coming from on this. Mm-hmm. So I had asked you offline. Obviously, Donald Trump, big story. Yeah, I would imagine uh, there's some reverberation in the Muslim community as a result of. Uh, you know, some of his proposals, such as a temporary ban on Muslims entering into the U.S. from the outside. Just love to get your perspective. Young 20-year-old who told me you're not particularly political, right? You had said that's not a real passion of yours per se. Politics is not something that I uh, rely on whatsoever for any of my own issues. Yeah. But it's something that I definitely keep up with all the time because of the way that it impacts all of us. Yes. And just being in the journalism field, you have to keep up with everything. Definitely. Yeah. Definitely. So how has the uh, Trump phenomena – maybe I could ask you more broadly first, your uh, friends, family in the Muslim community, um, how has that set? Has it angered um, folks, uh, hurt them, frustrated them, or had no impact? How would you um, assess that? Well, initially, I mean just – Donald Trump coming up and saying the things that he has, it was sort of a surprise for everybody. Uh-huh. But um, as far as the way that people deal with it, um, it's very, it, I mean, it varies on um, an individual level and a community basis. Um, as far as like the community that I'm a part of in yeah. Harford County, um, we all sort of grew up together. We didn't have a mosque when we first all sort of moved into this area. So we were praying at uh each other's houses and mm-hmm. we sort of like grew up more people started coming in we were able to buy a place a uh, piece of land and build an official mosque there in Aberdeen yeah. and um since then we've just been very close and just like very welcoming of our neighbors we have mm-hmm. tons of open houses where all of our friends and families uh, that are non-muslim will come and join us the neighbors there all will always be there um that are also christian yeah. um to these different open houses and everything. So um, when we hear something like this, we just ignore it because the thing is uh, Donald Trump is not the monster. He's, I mean, he's saying these things and he does, like it seems like he does it to grab the media's attention. He's very good at that. Yeah. 
But the scary part is the is his uh, the people going to his rallies and really do believe his uh, you know his straight up statements that he first says and then sort of reacts on afterwards. Right, right, right. But the people that are you know like when they hear him say one thing first and then react to that and yeah. agree with it, those are the people that are sort of scary. But the thing is, these people have never interacted or been around muslims so they it's not like you can't blame them they don't know any better it's just the way that it is if somebody grows up in one town and never sees the rest of the world never has any experiences with people of different races of different religions how can you expect them to understand where you're coming from so it's like our friends and everybody that comes around here in our mosque and when we go to their churches and help out in the community they know us, and we we never expect them to uh, vote for somebody like Donald Trump or believe any of the things that he's saying. Because even like friends that I've had, they'll tell me straight up, like before I met you, I had these views on Muslims and this part uh, of the world. Interesting. And since I started coming to your mosque, it's really no different than my church or my synagogue. Yeah. And it's kind of funny how that works. And it's just like. I'm not like, duh, because I mean, in my head, I'm like, yeah, I mean, that's how the world works. And there's all these, if we were, you know, if there's 2 billion Muslims in the world and all, all of them thought the way that, you know, the media portrays us as we'd have a huge problem in the world and there wouldn't be many people alive. Right. But, um, it's just, it's just nice to know that, you know, our community really doesn't acknowledge or give him any credit for what he's doing because it's not, it's not relevant to the things that we believe and the people that we are. It's just we don't we don't need to justify whatever he's saying or stand up for things that we haven't done. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. My sense, the way you're you're portraying that for us is it's almost like and I might be giving you a reference again, you're you might not know because mm-hmm. of your youthful age. <laughs> um the Charlie Brown teacher voice. Do you know what I'm talking about I there? Do. Okay, I do. you know yeah. want want yeah. I mean it's almost as if the way you're talking exactly. about it is sort of a yeah. Definitely. He's out there squawking. Yeah. Uh, and there's other people squawking and saying things, but it's so removed from your experience. It sounds like not just yours, but the non Muslim friends you have, family members, friends that um, know you, interact with you. And I think that's, boy, I think that's really important to hear. It mm-hmm. is very, uh, it, it's disturbing when, you know, there's always a distinction between a leader and followers. Yeah. Uh, you know, in Christian culture as well, we, we talk about that yeah. regularly. Um, there are t- things that a, a leader can say and you wonder what he means. Um, and his disciples, apprentices, whatever you would call them, uh, often are, uh, are, are more frightening. Yes, uh, you know, it's <laughs> like, I'm not even so, so sure he was saying what yeah, you're right, saying right, he right. was saying. Uh, and I'm in no way defending Donald Trump. I mean, as Nathan and I have said many times, yeah. both of us are pretty apolitical right. uh, at this point in our lives, which yeah. we've talked about a lot in other contexts. And then, um, you know, Trump's not a guy. I'll, I'll be honest. We did a podcast on him, remember? Yep. Like eight months ago? Yeah. Sort of about the Trump phenomenon. And I think I said then, and maybe Dave Shive too, Oh gosh, I I wonder when this little infatuation with Trump is going to disappear. Yeah, and I'm I'm eating some crow on that because I'm I'm shocked, quite frankly, um, yeah. that he has gained so much momentum. Uh, it's it's a strange. Yeah, I don't think anybody saw that coming. No, where everybody was like, oh, he'll go away, and then he's like the leader of the Republican <laughs> yeah, Party all of a sudden. Crazy. I don't even know <laughs> if he saw it coming. Yeah, because yeah. remember he he flirted with running in the previous cycle. Yeah, right. And it seemed to be then most people thought that was a 
almost a media hype thing, right. uh, a name recognition. Not that, you know, not that it needs anymore, but right. those guys always tend to be a little bit uh, uh, hungry for more. Um, more serious question that comes up a lot. You'll hear a lot on um, talk radio today, particularly what I think of as, I'm going to overgeneralize here, all mm-hmm. right? But I'll just do it. White, conservative, political radio. Um, I hear this a lot. Mm-hmm. We need um, non-jihadist Muslims that have no interest in destruction to denounce um, extremists and terrorists. Um, I, I hear that a lot. That almost mm-hmm. seems to be, would you agree, Nathan, a, a, a yeah. refrain yeah. that you hear that, like, how come this isn't happening? Um, and I'm just throwing it out to you yeah. with, with no comment on it other than um, what are your thoughts on that? When, when people say that? Well, religion for me and for anybody really should just be a personal thing. Um, my Islam is not going to be the same as my brother's Islam even. You know what I mean? Um, it's, it's completely on your personal experiences and how you, how you deal with it. Now, if somebody is living in a country that, is, that has been turned into a war zone mm-hmm. and has no clue of what the rest of the world is mm-hmm. and somebody comes up to them with a gun and says – Hey, like your house has been destroyed. Um, here's a gun. Do you want to fight for your power back? And it's a little kid that's given this gun. I mean, you can't have a lot of expectations for him. And you have to understand that these people in the part and these parts of the world aren't the most religious. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm I lived in Pakistan for a little bit, and I often interact with my cousins and everybody there. We go back here and there. Mm-hmm. Um, I know that. My family and especially myself, like we became more religious when we came to America because it's just when you when you're uh, in the presence of everything that you sort of can't have or like Mm -hmm. that you're not allowed to do, it becomes easier to avoid those things. Mm -hmm. It's like when uh, when you say like curiosity killed the cat, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. these people that are wondering what like, you know, for example, like alcohol tastes like. So like we. My siblings and I grew up in public school. We always had uh, everything around us from uh, drugs, sex, alcohol. Mm -hmm. And it's just – it's more on us whether we choose to participate in these things or not. Mm -hmm. And that sort of just made us more religious. Our parents never were forceful on us or anything. They sort of said, you know, like here's a country Mm -hmm. uh, with all this freedom. Uh, You're going to have a lot of responsibilities. You have to just do the right thing. And just always focus on your education. And you know, they always they always took us to the mosque and everything. Um, and it was and now it's that like we take them to the mosque and we'll tell them uh, that we like it's always on us whether we're fasting or going and staying there and praying and everything. They don't ever force anything upon us. It's just on us. So it's like to go back to your question when these when people are talking about like you know a certain group of people who have nothing to do with another group of people on the other side of the world it's like why should i have to do that i mean mm-hmm. i will like i'll i'll sort of and i have no problem explaining things to people and educating people i've been doing it my whole life i've never taken it offensively and i think it's super important to educate everybody about my background and what i believe in but it's like interact with me find out for yourself as well mm-hmm. not just you know that somebody has to say something for it to be true or not right. mm-hmm. because right. we see it in the media all the time we see so much like uh controversy and just like they're not going to post in the news when 
it's a good day in Pakistan. Like that's right. that's boring. That's mm. not news. Yeah. But if something happens one time in months, even years, then it's that uh, people who follow the news pick up on that one thing and then when it happens again they pick it up again and then they think to themselves that you know like what's going on in this country Mm -hmm. when you don't get anything and we saw that similarly here in america when we live close to baltimore and family from other states i don't know if you guys had this experience but like family that lives in other states or even other countries they were like oh my god what's going on in baltimore with the riots and everything and i'm sitting here like nothing what do you mean we're fine it happened for a day but there's been more peaceful protests than anything but on the news we saw a car on fire well the news cycle tends to repeat the same car on fire for 24 hours because we live in this world where everything has to be everybody's competing to be first and they have to put out all this stuff on the news so it's really just you have to you can't expect people to stand up for you and do these things. It's just if I'm a normal person going on about my day, going to school, going to work and helping the community in every way that I can, people will see that. I don't ever have to stand up and try to explain myself or my religion to anybody because it's mm-hmm. it's very personal to me. Yeah. And it's like I can always I have this relationship with God that I just always can, you know, sit down on a mat and pray to him without anybody judging me because it's it that's me that's my relation mm-hmm. with god and i don't have to enforce it on anybody and i don't like i really do not um care what anybody else believes in i respect what you believe in mm-hmm. and religion in general is not something that god created it's something that man created god just gave us these orders you know depending on what you believe in but it's god was not the one that made these religions you know so it's just it's like uh, why are we turning on each other in this way when our own religions tell us like there's no there's no religion that says to promote violence or anything like that it's always religion is always what you make it to be so i can't i can't tell you that uh islam for everybody is this way i can't mm-hmm. say that all muslims in the world are peaceful because they're not mm-hmm. you know sure. and that's the fact of it just like all Christians are not, all yeah. Jews are mm-hmm. not, and yeah. any other thing. I'm not expecting any ra- one of my random white friends to explain to me why this kid walked into a church and shot up a whole theater or yes. why an Uber driver. Like that has nothing to do with him. How would he know anything about what that person uh, was yeah. going through, mm-hmm. what he has been through, what his particular experiences were, mm-hmm. and how religion even has anything to do with what he did. Right. You know? So that's just where I stand with as far as standing up for anybody um, that isn't myself as far as religion goes. Excellent. Yeah. Excellent. You know, it's, it's interesting what you say when you give the uh, example of the Uber driver or the guy that goes in and, and guns down people in a church, which happened what in South Carolina yep. wasn't it, last mm-hmm. summer yep. or the theater in Colorado. Uh, it, it reminds me of um, a question I was asked when I was working with youth uh, uh, as a youth pastor years ago. Um, you know, there, were, there was a kid going to a public school, um, probably 70% African-American, and she was in the minority in that mm-hmm. particular school setting, 30% Caucasian. And uh, she felt a burden to explain um you know, uh, racism, extreme racism, like the KKK and yeah. all these kind of lynchings and stuff. And, you know, I said, well, I think it's good to have an answer if you're asked. I said, I think part of it is that let, let them just get to know you. Yeah, exactly. You know, who you are, the way you treat 
your other students, the way you treat your peers, your teachers, etc., the kind of person you are. Uh, it is sometimes silly that we expect people because of their skin color, their religious background, to be official spokespeople for right. other dudes. So I, I, I don't know them. Right. <laughs> I, mean, I don't know really what to say. Right. Um, we might share a label that 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 you know others would put on us, and and there might be some very distant uh, kind of connection. But yeah. I think that's um, I think that's interesting. You know, I, I tell that to my kids. I, I do want my kids to know since they are growing up in a predominantly suburban where we happen to live, predominantly white culture. Um, very good friend of mine that passed away, uh, who's been mentioned here several times, mm-hmm. uh, Roscoe Adams, about four years ago, was a black man in the Deep South. I mean, he uh, was born in the early 1940s, Kings Mountain, North Carolina. Um, total segregation. You know, he mm-hmm. remembers colored drinking fountains, uh, you know, colored bathrooms, uh, the whole thing. So, I, I yes, I do want my kids historically to know about that yeah. uh, so that they don't just simply say things like, oh, that's ridiculous. Nobody should get upset about racism anymore. It's, it's, it's not around. So that she can have, or, you know, I'm thinking of my older daughter now, some sense of, no, this was real. This is what happened. Yeah. But ultimately, you want to be treated like an individual. Right. You know, you want to relate to people um, and let them get to know you uh in the way they're or they will organically uh, experience you. Yeah, but, that's so true. Um, no, I, I love the way you answer that. Yeah, thank you. Now, let me ask you this for us: Do you will you tend to defend um, your faith against those things that are going on? For instance, I know Greg and I as Christians when. Um, another quote unquote Christian will, would go out and there would be a mass shooting or things like that. We have no problem standing up and defending our faith saying that's not Christianity. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and going through the Bible and explaining, look, this is what Christ taught. This is what he said. And so you can very clearly see that what that person did is not in line with what Christ was saying there. Um, do you, do you find, are you, are you comfortable doing that yeah, with definitely. those things that go on? Um, I just think that, um, it, again, it's, it's on the individual and I, I feel bad for people that, um, I am, I'm very much, uh, public with everything that I sort of, uh, want to address. So, um, some people don't feel comfortable and it's, it depends on the individual. Some people do get offended. Some people don't. But as far as myself, like when I see something that comes up that says, uh, in the name of religion, for example, then sort of like I'll go on uh, Facebook or Twitter, like post, um, like for recently when the Paris attacks happened and people were, you know, blaming religion again. So I did a spoken word on it and, and that's, that's a form of me using my art to, Mm -hmm. to address an issue. And that's just sort of to say that, um, you know, reassure people that, you know, if if they have been misguided by something like that happening, that uh, this is my explanation of uh, and my reassurance of, you know, who I am. So judge me based on myself. And I'll, I'll mention little things in there to just sort of like uh, put the capstone on it where I'll say something like uh, – recite a verse where um the translation would be something like um where god says in the quran that if you kill one person it's as if you have killed all of mankind and if you help one person it's if you have helped all of mankind Mm -hmm. so verse when you bring out a verse like that where a lot of people will make these judgments without even reading the book Mm -hmm. and i understand that it's written in arabic but there are translations Mm -hmm. it's like 
if you want to question something and you want to ask, you know, post these little things on Facebook or like in the comment section, which really do hurt people a lot. Yeah, sure. And I mean, like I, I see it as, you know, they can't help themselves. Mm-hmm. It's not everybody is going to be the same and that's okay. Yeah. You know, if that's what they believe, they do it. And, and it's because of their experiences. But if you are going to post stuff like that and, and just and hurt people like that, why can you not take the time out to just look it up for yourself mm-hmm. and find out, you know, does it really say this? And I mean, the internet is such a great source now, like everything is on there. Mm-hmm. You can find out exactly what a verse is saying in your translation, whatever language you speak. You can watch a- an explanation, like you can go to anybody's mosque and sit down. Like I've been to tons of churches in my life mm-hmm. and um, just sat down and been completely welcomed. And that's the same way that people need to understand that any house of worship will be. Because it's because people want you there and they want to explain it to you. Mm-hmm. They don't. They're not uh, trying to close themselves in and you know cancel everybody else out. They want to be heard, yeah. and it's like they just don't know how to say it because people will not take the time out to go to these places. And that's where I I think that I have this sort of ability to be able to use uh, music and entertainment and mm-hmm. art to which is something that people are heavily influenced by, including yeah. myself. So if I'm watching a movie, I can be influenced by that. And I think I learned more watching TV in my life than I did you know, in school, being completely honest. So if I, if I can do the same thing, if I can say these little things and show myself through my music and my art and my culture, whether it be inviting some people to a wedding or like a cultural event that we have or making a song for somebody that sort of, sort of touches them in a personal level while seeing somebody else's viewpoint – and and showing somebody a whole new country and showing how big the world is, I, I think it can really change their mind. And and I'm glad to be doing that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. very cool. Yeah, when when you ask that question, um, Nathan, the thing that pops into my head, you know, mm-hmm. I, I I don't see it anymore. But for the longest time, Time Magazine, yeah. Newsweek, all those older '80s circulations <laughs> always had the picture of the guy who probably led a movement member that would show up at uh, right. gay rights rallies right. with the sign that says, God hates fags. Right. And um, that would be such an example. Yeah. You know, we would say, hey, yeah, that dude is saying that, and he might claim to be representing Jesus Christ. Right. Uh, you won't find Jesus doing that in the scripture. Right. Yeah. You, you, you find him freely giving his life to people, loving people. You find him in places that he wasn't quote unquote supposed to be yeah. in the home of, of tax collectors and sinners, and, uh, <laughs> you know, uh, you know, prostitutes. Mm-hmm. And he was just, um, there with the people and you'll never find him doing that. But of course, uh, you know, I, I would say it's the home I grew up in, I grew up in, uh, in an agnostic home. So I never believed in anything. My understanding, this is why this uh, matters to me of Christianity mm-hmm because of some of those things was it was this harsh, cruel, uh, judgy, legalistic kind of faith. And it didn't help that my mother, at least at that time, I think she's changed, felt that way mm-hmm. uh, because of some bad experiences she had. Yeah. So, of course, that filters in. So um, I think it's so important. And one of the things that I don't think you've said it so clearly, uh, or I should say explicitly, because uh, I think you've been very clear about what you're um, – trying to uh, put out here for us for us is the the fact that i i tell people now if i'm in a mixed setting and they say hey let's not talk about religion or politics or anything i'm like man those are the most interesting things yeah yeah i do want to talk about them yeah let's talk about them but 
you know, let's talk about them in a respectful way, yeah. Yeah. Um, in, in a way where we were, uh, you know, truly encouraging each other, listening to each other. Because um, I think sometimes when you hush it all up uh, and won't have dialogue about these things, then a lot of those misconceptions just cement, Yeah, you know, and uh, your mind just atrophies and you mm-hmm. think, oh, this is, this is what a Buddhist is like. This is what a Christian is like, a Muslim. Um, so I like the fact that you bring such a, um, I think the way you're wired, uh, to be so creative and artistic, um, which we do want to put some links, Nathan, right in mm-hmm. our, uh, right where people can, can go to your stuff. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Tracy sends me stuff you a lot, which is <laughs> cool. great by the way. She sent me one today. Yep. Um, and I just showed you Nathan yep. at dinner. It was very, very good. Um, Ferosti. Ferocity, that's my uh, MC name. That's awesome. Name, yeah. Now, was that in, she, should, she she sent me something. Was that an Instagram? Uh, you did one recently. I'm just going to pull up really, really quick. I'm, I'm going to read it because okay. I thought this was really, really cool. Um, and let me see. This is great podcasting here, isn't it? As I say, hold on. <laughs> We're live on the spot. We're man. on the spot. I mean, just um, how good I am. Yes, this is, um, you know. You've got your your hand there, yeah. and it says, uh, "When you find something to rely on for your happiness, uh, you lose the purpose." Hoarding is not just a physical thing; your mind can be overcapacitated with all types of things, people, and past events that carry too much weight. It's one of the only scenarios where trimming down means making room in order to grab the next things, let go of the past strings. Yeah, uh, one very cool. Thank I like you. the way you just worded that. And I don't know about you, Nathan, at 20, yeah, I wasn't, I wasn't thinking about stuff like that. <laughs> no. I mean, you're obviously for us a deep thinker. Is that a fair assessment? Yeah. I mean, I think when you're a creative person in general, you are sort of lonely in your thoughts mm-hmm. and you spend a lot of time with yourself. So I'm sort of the opposite of all my friends where if they get too bored or lonely, they need to be around people. But yeah. if I'm around people too long, I need time with myself. Yeah. Because I'm yeah. always just, when I'm creating and stuff, it's like, I just have these thoughts in my head and I don't sleep a lot. Wow. Um, just because I will get up in the middle of the night and go downstairs and start drawing a picture or writing like a poem or, you know, recording some music because it's just that these thoughts are always in my head and I want to get them out. Mm. But um, I, I'm sort of like a spiritual person yeah. um, in the recent years where I've been... Uh, just, just understanding and trying to comprehend what, like, you know, the human mind is and and emotions and everything, and where where faith stands, and just thinking beyond five senses. Right. And I've just been reading a lot of different books and everything, and I think it's just so important that you sort of understand why all these things exist and why everything is perfect because it's not. Mm-hmm. Where it's like. Um, if if you don't know what it's like to be sad or upset, you won't know what it's like to be happy. Mm-hmm. And if you don't know what even like, you know, a skinny person is, how will you know what a fat person is? Right. Everything right. needs to exist. It's just the equilibrium that is in uh, the world. And that's why I'm so um, cautious and understanding of people who even will look at me a certain way when I'm walking down the street or yeah. that are against everything that I believe in. Because it's like, even for myself and my experiences, uh, before... Uh, a few years ago, it's like uh, when we had this trend of um, the whole gay community. Um, I know for myself, I can be completely honest, where I did not think that, you know, 
being gay or expressing that level of gayness was a real sort of thing. And it didn't make sense to me in my mind or I, I didn't understand why people were gay mm -hmm. until my own friends started coming out mm -hmm. and I saw a lot more people that I knew as normal people, I guess. Um, and they, they turned gay and I'm like, you know, these are just normal people mm -hmm. and they, that has nothing to do with what they believe in or their backgrounds or anything. They just happen to be gay, but they're not just like, I'm not going to label myself as just a Muslim. I'm also a photographer, an artist, mm -hmm. a, you know, a rapper, whatever else. Mm -hmm. I, I'm not, I don't want to be seen just as that. Just like, and that's how I will understand something like that, where it's like, they don't want to be seen just as being gay. And now it's, it's completely in my respect to like, um, understand who they are as a person rather than, you know, their level of, uh, of coping with everybody because of their gayness. It, like that doesn't make sense to me anymore mm -hmm. where a few years ago, I understand that I was that person that did judge them. Interesting. So I can understand when somebody judges me and I can be completely okay with it because all I have to do is show my normalness, I guess. And mm -hmm. it's, it's kind of silly to think that way that you have to, you know, just, just be yourself in front of somebody, but it's, it's as easy as that. And mm -hmm. it's, it's just so, it's just a simple concept that people, uh, worry too much about, I think. To, yeah. um, uh, go back to something you had said earlier. Mm -hmm. Uh, I think you've helped me understand part of my mission in this life for us. It was when you talked about the fat person, skinny person, <laughs> I'm here to demonstrate what skinny people would be by contrast that they think could be a whole podcast in and of itself. Oh, man. No, just a joke. I, I noticed, you know, dude, he's looking around like a skinny person or a fat person. Right. And he's like, Oh man, he's what do the I only do? Skinny no, 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 no. <laughs> yeah, no, Ross is looking at him like, um, or you held up the mirror or a skinny person. Um, no, I, I love the way you are thinking about these things and expressing them again. I'm, I'm curious what our audience would think. When I was 20, and how many of you, when you were 20, audience, were, were thinking about things at this deep of a level? I mean, I think it's it's uh, really, really cool. Um, particularly when millennials today, or mm -hmm. whatever the, the hip term is, mm -hmm. are often considered shallow, mm -hmm. um, phone-addicted. Um, you know, I uh, I was watching, I've been watching this uh, Hulu special, 112263, mm -hmm. based on uh, uh, Stephen King's book. James Franco goes back in time to, you know, the early 60s to right. prevent uh, JFK uh, being killed. And uh, he finally outs himself with the love interest in the uh, book the, or in the movie now, the TV show that he loves. And he tells her he's from the future. And uh, the next few episodes, she keeps asking him, tell me about the future. And he, he says, well, people hold their phones mm -hmm. and look at them all the time. Yeah. And she goes, no, tell me something real. Um, you know, and it, it, it does sort of capture a shallowness of, I mean, that's multi-generational, but right. of a young generation that you're very refreshing uh, in contrast to for us. Thank you. Um, curious, if we had you back again, I think I already know the answer. I would love to talk more specifically um, and correct me on this. I believe in the Quran, Jesus, who we would call Jesus, is referred to as Isa. Yeah, Isa al -Salam. So, um, how, and maybe you've done this before with Christian friends, with somebody else, but to have a dialogue about that subject, um, maybe this will serve as a uh, uh, 
an internal inventory for you yeah. to begin thinking about it and a potential preview for maybe something we'll do this summer, Nathan. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, if we were to say, hey, you know, we want to talk about uh, Jesus, Isa, that we believe, why we believe he's the son of God, God of the flesh. Mm-hmm. What would the implications be for us? And don't worry about offending us. I mean, we, yeah. as you know, we've said, we can't be offended. You ought to meet our wives, say a lot harsher <laughs> things to us than you ever could. Um, what would the implications be for you as a Muslim uh, if you were ever persuaded that Isa was what Christians claim him to be? God in the flesh, son of God. I don't mean to make you uncomfortable no, when I no. ask you that. Just love to get your thought. What would the implications be for you as a man, a family member, a son, a sibling? Talk to us about that. So pretty much to ask to uh, sort of comprehend your question, you're asking if I was asked that question or if I was sort of persuaded yes. to believe that? Right. Um, well, in our religion, we believe that he's a prophet. Right. Um, we believe in all the same sort of like we know we have – Moses, but we have different names for them. It's like Moses, Abraham, Noah, all of them exist. Um, But uh, I mean, as far as uh, speaking on the behalf of a religion or anything, I'm not, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be the person to go to because I, like I said, it's like very just uh, on a personal level with me. So like, um, I know what my connection is with God, but like, I can't, like, I don't know every verse in the Quran. Like I can't, like, I'm not a. I'm a, I'm a rapper. I'm not yeah, like a, right. you would not call yourself not a religious a, scholar. No, I'm not. I'm not. Fine, no way yeah. am I a scholar. Right. Um, but as far as like uh, being open to the idea, I can definitely understand uh-huh. things. I like I said, I've sat in tons of churches, and um, I'm always interested in listening to what the atheist has to say. I was in Portland just a few days ago. Oh, cool. Um, in Oregon, uh, visiting a friend, and I went to the Church of Scientology, and I sat down with a guy for about probably an hour, hour and a half. And he was going through this graph with me of like where my emotions stand and uh, what the scientific research behind that is and how he can correct me through statistics and Scientology and uh-huh. things like that. And I was definitely trying to understand what he was saying. Sure. Mm-hmm. And I was, and rather than uh, sort of letting him, uh, I guess, convince me to go, go through a therapy session, which he wanted to do, I was asking him questions and I was like, mm-hmm. how does this affect this? And like, I almost like unknowingly sort of made him uncomfortable mm-hmm. and I didn't mean to do that, but it was like, I just needed to know I was there to learn. Yeah. yeah. And that's what I always try to do. I think learning is something that I never want to stop doing and I never will stop doing. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just, I just want to know where this person stands and why this person is asking me, uh, these questions and like where they where they stand with what, whatever they believe in. So I mean, I'm always open to mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. to these questions and like trying to understand. Um, but as far as my own faith, there's a there's a reason. Like I said, uh, keep rolling, keep rolling. <laughs> there's like a, there's a reason that I am the way I am, and yeah. and with what I told you earlier, with how my parents were very like they were not forceful on us yeah. or anything. We sort of figured out why um, why we are the way we are and what we want to be and how much we want to be that. So it's always been that, uh, 
I've had a lot of different experiences and different things. Mm-hmm. I mean, we were all we all went to high school, like my siblings and I, and we we saw a lot of things. We've been to, you know, we were normal students. We played sports and went to parties and all all the above. But it's it's just that you know, at the end of the day, who do I want to be myself, mm-hmm. and and where do I want to want to stand among other people? And it's just I'm I'm very comfortable with who I am and what I believe in. Yeah, and so I'm I I can always sit there and listen to anybody saying anything, whether they are arguing or, you know, trying to start a debate, I'm always open to just listening in and trying mm-hmm. to learn uh, where that person stands because yeah. it's, I, I think it's, you know, I, I don't think any lesser of anybody um, based on their religion or whatever they believe in. Yeah. That's their uh, practice and their beliefs. And I have mine and that's, mm-hmm. that's just where I stand Very with cool. that. Yeah. Very cool. Good answer. Um, well, we are running down on time now, but um, for us, we would love to have you back on. We would love to, for you to uh, ask us questions. We would love for you to make us feel uncomfortable. Yeah. Um, yeah. We we love that type of stuff. So yeah. um, we would we we would we would love to have you back on and just um, talk to you about um, who who we believe Jesus is yeah. um, and and kind of lay that out and have you ask us you know, those tough questions. So mm-hmm. if you're willing, we would, we would love to have you back for that. And, um, thank you so much for being willing to come on, uh, today and just tell us about yourself of and course. your interests yeah. and, and who you are. So it's been, it's been such fun. It's yeah. Thank you guys fun. for asking, uh, the questions that you have. Definitely. Um, it was, it was a really good time and I'm glad I got to get that out there. Yes. Yeah. And, uh, I mean, we'll put it in the, uh, in the links as well, yep. but, um, obviously for us, I mean, I'm, I'm going to embarrass myself here. You have, uh, you have Twitter, Facebook, I have tw- Twitter, Instagram. Instagram. I'm, I'm Ferosti on everything. That's F-A-R-O-S-T-Y. I love that, man. Yeah. Ferosti. Why don't I have a cool handle like that, Nathan? <laughs> Actually, mine's not bad. What is my Dutch doggy dog? Yeah, Dutch doggy dog. It's not too bad. Your your alternate personality online is pretty decent. Yeah, that's true. But we, we won't out that person right now. That's right. But I bet people could figure it out. Right. Uh, <laughs> uh, Frost is like, what is he talking about? <laughs> am, I, am I here with like a split personality MPD kind of guy or something? <laughs> Sybil. Um, yeah, we uh, we just want people to be able to find you. I think, mm-hmm. uh, you know, again, I'm so thankful that Tracy uh, kind of connected us yeah. to you. Thank she you, Tracy. Was, yeah, because she said, oh, I know this young guy. He's awesome. He'd be so much mm-hmm. fun to have all this. <laughs> And uh, proved to be uh, very, very true. Yeah. So uh, yeah, we'll 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 uh, we'll stay in touch with you. Yep. And um, probably aim to have you on this summer. I would think. Yeah. yeah. We pretty much got things planned through the spring. Yep. Um, summer's wide open, and uh, to the degree that a young college kid is footloose and fancy, what, what is it? <laughs> footloose and fancy free. Now you're going above my age, yeah. Greg. I think that's what they said in 1947. <laughs> sure. Um, we'll get you back on here. Yeah, that'd be Sounds awesome. Sounds great. Guys, we're going to go ahead and sign off now. We just rocked the Casper. Rocked it. These guys are 11.